0: to do a couple of things this morning. I, I prepared a sermon. I'm going to leave it because it's already quite late. And, uh, <laughs> and actually, God's done something else, which is uh, doing the same thing in a different way. So I'm just going to go with that uh, and just speak from what God's given me just in the meeting, really. And, uh, and first of all, I want to point out, Esther. I know, Esther, you don't want to be pointed out. Okay, I know how you feel. Um, when I was your age, I did exactly what you just did. Stood up on a stage in a church in Birmingham and read a poem I'd written, and I was so embarrassed. And, and everyone, I thought everyone was going to laugh at me, because it was my heart. And what actually happened was people that I really respected came up to me and said, that was amazing. And I want to say to you this morning, that was amazing. Okay, it was. It was. Could the, those of you that are sitting near Esther, could you just pray for her right now? Just those of you that are her friends, just just put your hand on her and just pray for her to have more of a gift. I'm going to pray as well. Alison, um, do you want to go as well? Just Father, I pray that you will release that gift that you've, got, you've given Esther away with words. Would you just increase that? Would you develop it, form it, refine it, and turn it into something that brings glory to your name in Jesus' name? Do it, Lord. Holy Spirit, we loose you into her life and into the lives of her family. And we pray for a mighty miracle to happen in her family that will just testify to your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. I've just come back from Wales, Uh, we've been on holiday last week with all the extended family, those of you who know Rich and Jackie, they came with us, Uh, so it's been interesting. Uh, We had, I wrote it down, we had uh, two smashed plates, uh, a dead chicken, Um, Jackie was unconscious at one point, Uh, (laughs) loads of injuries, it was an amazing week. she was, wasn't she? Yeah, she fainted. I caught her. So it's one of these things. It's like going into like recovery position. And it was just like, wow, God, you're doing some amazing stuff. And then just after that happened, I got a text from my brother. I'm going to read it to you. Um, background to this. My niece, who is 12, um, just going into secondary school. I have to check with my wife. I can't do ages. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah. So um, last year for about I don't know about eight to ten weeks something like that she was full-time in hospital with an eating disorder she had anorexia Um, she's only 11 at the time Um, and in Birmingham I think they're closing it down but they had uh, a special unit for um, youngsters who have eating disorders and she got admitted full-time residential because of the the, the condition she was in she was starving herself because she thought she was fat anyway uh, we've been praying for her for a couple of years really really seriously praying and and you kind of feel, you know, as a Christian, this shouldn't be happening in my family. But it, it does, doesn't it? It really does. And, and this is what I got on Wednesday. Hi, Steve. This is my brother, my older brother. As you know, I don't do Facebook. So after Mar and Pa, you're next to know. Sophie gave her life to Jesus yesterday at Soul Survivor. <laughs> And then in, in classic Big Brother style, it says Faberouni. <laughs> the change in her, this is the important bit though, the, the change in her is beyond description and super, supernatural. Can't tell you how chuffed, relieved, happy, and pleased I am. Such an answer to so many people's prayers. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. I was just so encouraged to get that. I was in the, mid, the depths of Wales. with you only get a signal every few hours. And a, a text comes to me. And, oh, there's a text. It'd probably work, you know. And it, <laughs> it's like, oh, Wow. Sophie's got saved and I, I checked out her Facebook page you know people these days do everything on Facebook so it's like here's, here's my life um she's changed her profile picture from just being something quite sad to being um Soul survivor so she's got like a meeting and whoever was speaking at her meeting she's got up on there where she got saved and um and I sent her a little message that said Psalm 23 because I felt that was right for her at the time and she liked it and normally she'd ignore it <laughs> so that was I knew something had happened there. Isn't it amazing? Yes. In Wales, though, I don't know if you know this, but in Wales there was a mighty revival about 100 years ago so. A mighty revival happened and God really hit the place. Um, the power of God was so intense that people used to wander into churches crying off the street because of the, the, the draw of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of sin. And people would get saved just by walking past the church. It was that intense. Well, do you know what? All those churches are shut. And we found a little Methodist chapel down in Coombe It's a tiny little place. There wouldn't have been many people living in the valley. It's very remote where we were staying. And there were perhaps 10 parishioners in that area at the time. And they would have attended this little chapel and it's derelict. And actually, we walked, we walked past it and walked back and it stayed in my mind. And, and we saw building after building in Wales that has been closed down or used for something else because no one worships there anymore. I'm not saying that there's no Christians in Wales, because there are. But it's so sad. It's like a relic. And then Sophie got saved. And then God started talking to me (laughs) (laughs) about salvation. And about what he wants to do. And Bob, where's Bob? You said about the candles this morning. I think there's even more than that. Because I think what God's doing here, he's going to replicate all over this nation. And I think it's more than candles. I think it's flames. You know, we're fires. And God's going to send out fires from these places. This is one of the places God is using. God is building up a revival here. And it is happening already. Uh, And we're starting to see things happen. It's exciting. Um, He gave me a picture at the start of the meeting of a surfer. I guess I've been on holiday. So um, he spoke to me in a way I'd understand. And they're out in the water and they're waiting for the waves. And all you can see when people are waiting for the waves is they, they sit, or they, they sort of tread water, hang onto their boards, and it's just their heads are showing out in the water. And then the waves start to build. And you see them looking around and going, oh, it's coming, it's coming. So where's it going to be? And they're looking for the best one. They're looking for the, the tide that's going to take them to the best possible wave. And when that wave comes along, the one they're all after, they all fight to get on it. And they're all trying to be there first. And when they hit that wave, you can just see them going, "woo!" Because they're on the wave that they've been waiting for. And they may have waited hours for it. Well, a wave has come in, folks. A wave is sweeping across Britain at the moment. And if you notice it, I think I've just got caught in it, to be honest. I don't think I was even looking. But it just kind of swept me up. Uh, and there's a wave yeah. that is building. Yeah. And you can be on it, yes. or you can be back in the water waiting for another one. Okay? It's as simple as that. Uh, and I, I was going to preach about um, David and Saul and Jonathan this morning, but um, God's doing it this way instead. I'm going to read a very brief story from Luke 15. You'll be familiar with the story, but listen to the heart in it. Once a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Give me my share of the property. So the father divided his property between his two sons. As was the custom. Not long after that, the younger son packed up everything he owned and left for a foreign country, probably Magaluf, where he wasted all his money in wild living. (laughs) Could have been Ibiza, I suppose. He'd spent everything when a bad famine spread through that whole land. Soon he had nothing to eat. So that wouldn't be Magaluf, because there's a lot to eat. <laughs> he went to work for a man in that country, and a man sent him out to take care of his pigs. How humiliating for a Jew. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him a thing. Finally, he came to his senses and said, My father's workers have plenty to eat, and here I am, starving to death. I'll go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against God in heaven and against you. I'm no longer good enough to be called your son. Treat me like one of your workers. The younger son got up and started back to his father. But he, when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. He ran to his son and hugged and kissed him. And then you see the son say his pre-rehearsed speech, Father, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I'm no longer good enough to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Hurry, bring the best clothes, put them on him. Give him a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it so we can eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead but has now come back to life. He was lost and has now been found. And they began to celebrate. This is a modern story. Because this is happening in this audience today. There, is, there are people in this situation where you've gone off and you've, you've taken the money and you've spent it, you've burnt it, and now you're in a situation. And you may have re- pre-rehearsed your speech of what you're going to do to try and get mercy, to try and beg for mercy from somebody. This morning we were hearing about the giver of mercy. Jesus, as Clifford said to me during the meeting, is sitting on the mercy seat. It used to be the Ark of the Covenant. Go near it, you die. (laughs) Old Testament. But then the New Testament happened. And Jesus came to give you freedom from that. And you can have grace and mercy on your life if you choose Jesus. If you walk away from him, he's not going to chase you. He doesn't need to. He's bigger than that. But he'll wait. And when he sees you come in, He'll meet you halfway. (laughs) Okay, that's the message that I get from that. Lucy, can you come and say what you were going to say? Because I think it fits. I know you don't want to, but (laughs) I think it fits. And then I'm going to just finish it off.
1: Okay, we've been on, as Steve said, we've been on holiday. And our little son Toby has a little box. Um, And it's called his treasure box. And um, everywhere he goes, um, he picks up treasure. And the treasure might be a bottle top or a pen lid or a ring pull. We actually had two cigarette buttons at one point. <laughs> But uh, stones, I mean, I was trying to find him shiny stones on the beach. He was like, nah, don't want that one. And then he found a different one. It was sort of like a bit dull and put that in his treasure box. He brings treasure home from nursery. We get treasure from everywhere. <laughs> we had 20 little split pins in there for a while. That was treasure from nursery. And, um, <laughs> but I think the heart of what I wanted to say is that we've sort of said oh, you know, throw it away, it's not, you know why do we need an old bottle top, why do we need this but actually we've, this holiday we've just embraced it <laughs> and it's like you know, his treasure matters to him and it really does and as parents if we just say oh that's rubbish just chuck it in the bin, you know, we're not having it and actually I just felt God today was saying that you know, you're my treasure and I've got a box and I put you in my box and you might think you're an old bottle top or a cigarette butt end or whatever <laughs> I did get rid of those for hygiene reasons. But, But, you know, you're his treasure and he wants to put you, you know, in his little box. And, uh, you know, God loves you and he wants you to go in there.
0: So I don't think we need to say anything else, to be honest. I think we've made the point that if you want to come back to Jesus today, there's an opportunity, there's a wave that's going. It's not just for those that have gone away like the prodigal son did. Uh, or it's not just for those who've, who've maybe never been Christians and, and would like to accept Jesus this morning. That's the, that's the opportunity that's here. But it's for all of us. Because God is doing a move in this land. I'll tell, tell you what, I'm, I've been reading the Old Testament a lot recently. Especially Samuel. Samuel's amazing. Every word in there, and this is the first one I've really got stuck into, is becoming real in the Holy Spirit. Samuel wrote that thousands of years before jesus but somehow through the holy spirit he was writing things that are relevant right now and god is revealing things to me through it so read your bible guys read it get stuck into it there is some amazing things in there that you haven't seen yet you need to get in there and have a look at it (laughs) and catch the wave okay you've been waiting some of you have waited a long time for the wave this is it this is it get on it